I see church as favourite women. I'm Marion Wright and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that shares the beautiful, hopeful and encouraging stories of Christian women. Well, welcome back to season two of Favourite Friends. 2019 is well underway. We are so excited to be back in your ears with new stories. If you haven't listened to Favourite Friends before, this podcast is all about community. It's all about friendship and wisdom and passing on the things that we've learned. It's our hope that by listening to this podcast, you would be encouraged, inspired and strengthened in your walk with God. So in the spirit of this, we are featuring our senior pastor, Pastor Joe Geeling, on our very first episode of 2019. Joe is here and we are talking all about the newest edition of Favourite Magazine. The theme for the magazine is Simplify. And in this episode, Joe and I break down what it means to live with simplicity in both spiritual and practical ways. As always, she's absolutely hilarious. She's honest and she's chock full of wisdom. And I know you're going to take away so much from it. Here's Joe. I did something this year. Yes, Mary. I wrote down my life convictions. Did you? <gasps> I did. <laughs> are we recording this? We feel... are recording okay. this. I don't know if we'll keep it in. But <laughs> last time we sat down and talked, you and I talked about the idea of doing life convictions instead of um, goals or yep. resolutions. Yep. And um, Josh and I actually sat down and did it together, which I was really cool. I remember you SMSing yeah, me to tell me. I sent you a picture. I was yep. very proud of us. I was very proud too. I thought this <laughs> is awesome. You. Thank you. And um, I actually thought it was really cool. And I found myself writing down stuff that I knew I could believe and hold myself accountable to more than this year I will do this, yep. you know. Um, so I wanted to know what are some of your life convictions? Oh, is that gosh. something that you're – okay to share with us yeah I look I think overall I mean you have something I think in your life rather than just specific to a year yeah I think your convictions probably shouldn't change that much yeah um like for me it's always you know I want to do my relationship with God you know I want to do life with God if that makes sense but I think specifically for this year for me it's like I, I want to thrive I, you know and it came across in the vision video but that whole thing of really what's underneath what's unseen for me that's just a conviction I just want to tend to that I want to minister into that area of my life you know I want God in that area um yes he flows into everything but I just um you know someone I remember someone shared this thought it was like so often we're focused on the fruit of a tree but we're never focused on the root structure and I thought oh it really hit me at the beginning of the year I went wow so often I want the outcomes and I want to see the results and I want to have all the things I've been believing for. And I just felt it was a real word for me. I went, what's my root structure like? And I went, okay, I've just got to keep watering this. I've got to keep nourishing. So I guess that's probably my greatest conviction this year out of everything else. And also being really obedient to the Holy Spirit. That's another conviction I have. And, and again, like you said, rather than having, I want to achieve this, you know, okay, Holy Spirit, I want the spirit-led life, not the self-led life. And so I think that's becoming even more, it's more resonating in me. I just want that because that's where you feel, that's where you feel life. That's where you feel invigorated by following the Holy Spirit. And so just some little things. I remember being with my hairdresser a few weeks ago and I'm having my color washed off, um, rinsed. And I just felt literally the Holy Spirit say, tell your hairdresser, this girl, I've only twice I've been to her, that she has a leadership gift on her life. And I'm like, I'm not at church, you know, I'm not at church right now. That's something I could say, hey, Marion, you've got a leadership gift on your Thank life. Thank you, I received that. Good, because it's true. <laughs> but no, but you know what I mean? In that context, we're wired that way. And I just all I felt was the Holy Spirit say. And so often I think we confuse the whole dynamic of sharing Jesus rather than actually going, all I have to do is listen to what he says. And so anyway, she rinses off and I said, do you know what? I've been watching you. You have an incredible leadership gifting on your life. You, you, you're called to leadership. And you could just see her. She looked at me and I said, look, I, I'm telling you, this is part of my job is to call out the things that are on people's life that they can't even see for themselves. And so rather than go, you know, she knew I was a pastor, I'd go to church. But you know, now I'm telling her what my job is. And she's like, 
so you you call out leadership on someone's life and I went yes you know I can see what you know God puts on your life well at the end of the day you know she does my hair go out and she was like she was almost in tears she goes I just I just want to thank you that you would even say something like that to me she goes I believe I could be doing more in leadership and I just thought Wow, I've connected with her, not just over an invite. I gave her an invite to church as well, but actually out of calling something out. So going back to that conviction of really, can I hear the spirit and am I willing to be obedient? So even more than everything else in my life, probably my greatest convictions are I want to be spirit-led this year and I want to thrive, not survive. Probably my two big convictions that I want to live by in 2019 because that's the year we're in. <laughs> I know. I'm still part of my brain still in 2018. That's right. Um. I know when you and Paul sit down and you you guys go through this process of, you know, finding the vision for the church or God reveals yeah. it to you over a time, do you go through that for yourself as well? Like is, does that come to you in bits and pieces or do you just have a moment where God says, Joe, this year – this is this is the thing for your life. Yeah, you know, sometimes it can be real clear. There have been some moments I've just got this is a word and I just know that I know. But then other times it's just I, I just think you just go about and I'm not going to find a word. I'm not going to open the Bible and go, boom, that's my word for the year. I declare it. I mean, even though you can do that, I, I just sometimes go, you don't force something. Um, but having said that, the vision of the church always is something that's very much God is speaking to us about. It's not just, hey, you people out there at church, this is for you. This has been a wrestle for us and a journey for us and going seek first. Oh, wow, that really resonates with us. So you're hearing a word that's for us. And then obviously God speaks in different layers to us as well. And this year, I, I think we really had clarity around the church vision that God was also telling us but I think then God began to add some layers to it afterwards for me so it doesn't always come straight away yeah Josh and I always feel like our year starts at Vision Sunday yeah right because I think we we feel God speaking to us about different things but then I feel like Vision Sunday gives our spiritual life context yeah because then suddenly it's like right this is a church we're part of this is what we're believing for yeah and then suddenly it's like, oh, direction. And there's yeah. breath and movement in our year. And we both go, right, okay, now we're moving. So January, we're a bit like, what's going on? We're a bit lost. Yeah. Like, oh God, what are you saying? And then anointing Sunday happens. And then Vision Sunday, we're like, right, we're doing this. We're in this I year love now. That. Yeah, and, but, but I think, you know, this January 1st thing, right, I meant to have it all together. Right. I meant to know I've got clarity. I just think sometimes you also need to understand it's a season of rest. You know, I think it's good just to go, I'm just going to rest. And I think for me, I rested this year. It wasn't, oh, my goodness, God, what are you saying to me directly? What is the word? What's the scripture? And I just think, okay, I just need to rest. We'll get into it. And we all know now we're into it. We all feel it. But I love hearing that. And I just think, you know, one of the beautiful things about Vision Sunday this year was, and if people haven't seen it, um, get the link. Um, It'll be up on a YouTube channel very soon on IC Church. But um, what is powerful about it is it was personal this year. It was very personal. It wasn't about this is what we're going to do. It was personal right from when we heard it. Like you could not walk out of that building of seeing it and go, this is for now and feel enough God help me in that. It was quite a humbling thing in a sense. I want to do this. I don't know if I'm good at you know, seeking first and making disciples and sharing my faith, but God help me. And I think it was just a beautiful time of people realizing that actually is important and we need to get back to the heart of it. It can be so action-based, you know, like the go and make disciples. But I think what Vision Sunday really did was it grounded us in this is my story, this is your story. We have all been at this point where we looked forsaken yeah. and then suddenly we had a moment where we found something yeah. and I love that it brought it back to that, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the gospel cool. is always personal yeah. and I think we can make it a corporate thing but it's always personal. I mean, why has favorite friends podcast being so powerful because we're like oh my goodness there's a woman going through something that I thought I was the only person and uh, yeah it puts a human face to you know tragedy uh, discouragement but also triumph at the end in God so I think it's always personal the gospel is always personal it's good Let's talk about the magazine yes because that, it links in quite nicely um, to 
our vision for yes. the year, which is to seek first. Yes. And when I was thinking about the theme for the magazine, I was also thinking about the mistake I made about watching the Marie Kondo show on no. the first. <laughs> Don't fold your clothes like that. You're setting yourself up for failure. I'm telling really? you. Really? <laughs> no, do whatever thought, you want. I thought it was kind of cool. I attempted it and thought it feels like a lot. I don't know if I want to pull all my clothes out and do this. No. Each know. to their own. I think, yeah, each to their own. I think it's, I think it's great. But can you maintain that? And that to me looked like too much stress. But anyway. It's a lot of work. Anyway, but the theme, <laughs> I digress. The theme for the magazine is simplify. Yep. Why simplify? Oh, look, I think God was just speaking. I think I really felt this theme simplify. And then here we're going on this journey of seeking first. And I don't know. I just, maybe it's even how God was speaking to me about, come on, you've got to thrive, not survive. Just getting back to the essentials, getting back to the bare bones. And uh, I just think we've got – it's a lost art, all right? We actually feel safer with clutter and busyness, with noise. I think not many people can actually be silent. Not many people can have the TV off. You think about it. We watch TV. We check our phone. We're on our laptop all happening at the same time and talking to someone. And I just thought, imagine if as girls we can just simplify life and we're all busy. So it's a little ironic to say let's simplify. But I think it's not just about cutting everything out of our schedule. It's actually at the very heart of who we are, just getting back to what's important to me. And uh, and I like I think I shared in the magazine, every time I go on holidays, I pack like three outfits, you know, I have one towel. You have so, you know, I think we have four glasses, four, you know, sets of cutlery, whatever it is. And it just really impacts me go, you don't need a lot to do life well. And so I think even just coming back to those kind of things. But no, I really think it was actually a God thing. It ties in. The women are tied into the vision of the church this year. It's all tied in, so... I feel like simplify is your thing. It probably like, is my I thing. <laughs> of all of all our editions, like there's always such a strong element that comes from you in it. And then I feel like this one, like this is you. So yeah. have has it always been like this for you? Have you always had this personality where you do like to simplify things and kind of bring things back? to um, basics and keep things organized or is this like a revelation that you had at some uh, point if my mum heard this she'd probably say I was the messiest teenager and that happened when I got my own house I was very much right now we're going to keep things clean yeah it is me and I guess I'm the kind of person I lie awake in night thinking how I can make something simpler so I'm fun. I'm in a meeting. I know it sounds ridiculous. I think probably my gift of my life is taking something, making it simple that maybe other people can understand. And so I'll sit in a meeting and I'll see spreadsheets and I'll see all these things and I go, there's got to be a better way to do this, um, that we don't have to exert so much energy that it's just simple. And so I do actually think on these things. I get excited about going, I've come up with a solution and this is how we'll do it. Like I'll think about how can we structure meetings better or how can we do this? I actually love that. That energizes me that you give me a mess and I go, right, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so, yeah, I do think like that. I think about that in context of church. I think about that in the context of my home, family. I just think this, I always think it's got to be a better way to make it simple for everyone. You know, like sometimes Paul, and he's probably the polar opposite to me. He'll go, I'm going to drop that off and then I'm going to go and pick that up and then I'm going to do that. And I'll just say, why don't you ring and just get it delivered? It'll be here by lunchtime. I think it was something Officeworks he goes, really? I said, yeah, then you save the energy physically, mentally. And he goes, what a great idea. I love that. I go, yes, we just had a little win there. We simplified something rather than the craziness. So I love that. I'd love to sit down with people and go, what are you doing that for? Make some room there. I get excited about that. You could have your own Netflix show. Sure. I'd watch it. Sure. Yeah, because to me, I think sometimes people, they focus on the stuff and I find the stuff is probably just a symptom 
of something far greater um, or being over so overwhelmed that you go, I just can't even deal with the stuff because there's so many other things going on in my life. And so I think if you can make room for that, stuff is just the byproduct of think of your lifestyle and not dealing with some things or asking the right questions or going, why do I even use this? You know, I got given it for my wedding, but I've never used it. We've all got things like that. And so, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, Simplify is way more. And we've got to say this, it's not about how tidy your house is because we can go, well, this isn't for me. It's so much more than that. It's simplifying in every area. I like to say body, soul and spirit it we can bring some simplification let's talk about bringing simplification you wrote a beautiful piece for the magazine which everyone should go and read but I wanted to pull out some things from that piece and one of the things you talked about was simplifying our relationship with God yeah which is so when I was thinking about the logistics of that I actually fill up my relationship with God a lot and I was thinking (laughs) about you know like reading plans and podcasts and um, listening to this sermon again and then I listen to this person and I think that sometimes I don't leave a lot of room for God to actually speak because I'm constantly feeding, I'm feeding, feeding, feeding. And so I wanted to ask you how you, how you simplify your relationship with God and then how do we do that? Yeah. First of all, you've got to know why you're doing it. Again, for anything, you know, so many people do stuff because they've always done stuff. And that's a really dangerous place to be. So why why are we having this relationship with God? Why do we do our devotions? Um, and we can make it so much about the devotions, the content, the structure and all this sort of stuff. At the end of the day, and this is what I mean about simplifying, I'm doing this so I can grow closer to God, that I can hear his voice in my life, that I could love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. So that's why I read the word not so I've done devotions. That's why I have worship. It's all about, I just want to know him and I want to grow in him. And so there's nothing wrong with putting structure around that. I think that helps, especially if your mind wanders like me, it's as soon as like, oh my gosh, I've got to, I don't know, defrost the mints to make bag bowl or something like that. You you go there straight away. That's so real. Yeah, Yeah. It is so real. Yeah. And I mean, and I also believe spiritually, the enemy really doesn't want us to really get too deep into God. But I think I said in that piece in my my magazines a little while ago, um, it's about the stillness as well. And I think so often we make this time with God busy, 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 you know, like it's just like in life, it's get in the car, go now, get the food shopping, follow the list. Okay, God, boom, you've got my slot here. And yes, he will have time allocated in our life, but are we creating the stillness that it actually energizes us? It ministers to us as well, just as much as we're here to come and press into God. And, you know, just even recently, I've had different prayer guides or structures. I've just gone back to the good old one, um, ACTS, A-C-T-S, but I've added another S, so A-C-T-S-S. And so, you know, adoration, just taking time in worship confession you know getting your heart right with God I think we make this so confusing I mean sorry a adoration c confession um t thanksgiving you know thanking God you know I always thank him for the promises you know words he's given me I declare them s supplication just bringing your petitions things you need prayer for but I had another one just the silence where I go all right God now just speak to me just speak to me lead me, guide me, you know, and actually giving him a chance to input into my life. And I think that's a really powerful thing as well. And again, I've shared before about my devotions. I like to stick in a book of the Bible. No pressure to read 25 scriptures today. You know, I think just the other day I just read one and it just impacted me and I felt God speaking to me out of it. And I just write my own little journal. We've got some great journals available if you did not get one from Vision Sunday. Um, and I just journal on that. And for me, it's it's so simple. Um, yeah. And I just think there is such a simplicity, you know, worship music, what a tool, worship. But I think let's incorporate that silence that we can actually be still because if we want to do this well and simplify then think about how Jesus lived his life. He did not do anything other than the Father told him to do something. First of all, he knew the mission he was on. He knew what he was there to do, which also meant he knew what he wasn't meant to do. But everything he did, he could not do anything without the leading and the prompting of his Father. He said, whatever my Father says, I say. 
So imagine we don't allow room for that. We're just acting on our own self, our own understanding, um, our own abilities, our own insight. And that's really scary for me to think that I'm giving people me as opposed to giving people Jesus. Um, So even like with the hairdresser the other day, it's like, God, just lead me and guide me. And, you know, in a moment I hear his voice. And so what you're doing in that silence moment is just training yourselves that during the day when he speaks, you don't have to wait around, is that God? Did God speak? You know what his voice actually sounds like. So I think it's very important that we've got to do it. And again, everyone can receive and minister unto God in a very different way based on our personalities. I'm just saying keep it simple, real simple. It doesn't have to be hard. Let's talk about your schedule. Oh, my schedule. Yeah. (laughs) What does your schedule look like at the moment? You're a busy lady. Yeah. You've got a lot going on. How how do you simplify your time? One of the things you talked about is the act of prioritizing. Yeah. And prioritizing your time. And I like what you were saying about energy and how do you use your energy efficiently? How how do you do that? Those are tough decisions that you're making every day. Yeah. Well, then you've got to know what your priorities are. And so for me, family has always been a priority. So there's some other things that I won't do because I won't let that jeopardize family. Now, my kids are a bit older, so it's it's changing that dyna- dynamic. But, you know, when picking the kids up from school, it'd be as simple as not allowing any phone calls. I wouldn't ever pick up, would never pick up the phone if it rang through my Bluetooth. I would just, no, because this is sacred, right? And because I prioritize family, everyone else can wait. Okay, what is it? 10 minutes, but everyone else can wait. For me, it was not doing work when the kids were around and waiting till when they went to bed. Um, there are just some things I just find but you've got to know what your priorities are because if everything is your priority, then you're really going to suffer. Like church on Sunday is just, it's not something we ever have a discussion about. And I know that is our employment and our job as well. But at the end of the day, it's just not something we talk about. It's a non-negotiable for our kids. While you live in the house, you come to church. So no one even talks about it. So our life then revolves around the priorities rather than us trying to fit everything in. We're actually very narrow. And so in some things, I probably have more time because I've made decisions in my life. And I'm really happy to say no to things. I don't have to be at everything. I don't have a fear of missing out because I actually... That's also real. Yeah, yeah. is also real. (laughs) Because half the time you think, oh, wow, I missed out. And then you go, but really... You would have, if you'd been there, go, oh, it wasn't that great anyway, or whatever. You can create your own. Silence is not something we should fear. Being home is not something we should fear. And I find sometimes people are just the fear of being home and having to deal with even your kids or things like that. I just got to get out. And you make your life so busy that you actually go, you know what? I've got to learn how to embrace that. So I'm really guarded actually on my time. And, um, you know, I think I'd made a time to come and see you on a Monday. I thought, oh, what did I do that for? Whatever day it was. And I changed it because the priority wasn't this. It was actually to be with my husband that night. And so I'm pretty happy to make those decisions. Um, Work hard. I probably do work when everyone's in bed because that suits me. Yeah, but I just, I've streamlined it even to the point of I have two days I do washing. If you don't get it in by Tuesday night or Saturday, it just we don't do it so I've narrowed my days down even for that I know it sounds ridiculous but the more order you bring in I, I know so there I'm not giving mental energy to oh my gosh I've got to do washing I just it's a routine Tuesday Saturday it gets done and so sort of some of those things you just got to work out what your priorities are you know I remember um a previous my previous senior pastors in Adelaide she just said this great line she says you know never compromise if you're exhausted and you're doing things for God, if it means you have to stretch the budget for takeaway, but it saves your sanity, do it. And I thought that was actually really empowering. Factor it into your budget because it'll actually help you. So I know Tuesdays is a busy day. It's pizza night, you know, no brainer. It's a cheap night. So there's some things I can do that I go, well, I've got freedom then to be with the family, to do other things. So I think you've just got to, and I know there's a lot of priorities, but sometimes you might have to go, I'm going to say no to that. Yes, I can fit that in this kind of package. But then when you say yes to something, don't back off then. You've got to embrace it. The Bible talks about counting the cost before the building even starts. 
And so many people go, I'll put my hand up, put my hand up, put my hand up. You know, I'll organize all these things and they get halfway through and go, oh, I didn't count the cost. And I'm talking about emotionally, physically, um, financially. So count the cost straight up and then go, if I'm in, I'm in. And we've got to do a good job of that. So, yeah, we've got to prioritize. And for me, I've probably only got about four major priorities in my life. If you really boil it down... And so everything's going to revolve around that. The rest I go, no, no, no. If I've got time, yes, yes, yes. Do you ever feel bad saying no? I think the older I get, probably no. I think I got invited once to do a wedding on a Sunday to actually lead the wedding. And so this wasn't even a decision for me. It's like, you know, I work on a Sunday. The house of God is my priority. I love you guys. It's amazing what you're doing, but I'm going to say no. And I can't pick up the guilt for that because in the order and the scheme of my priorities, the house of God and my role on a Sunday is way more important. Now, I'm not saying that other people, you know, that's what I've chosen as my priority. So for me, it was actually quite easy to say no to that. So I think you get better, but you don't get better until you know what your priorities are. Otherwise, you're just going to go, did I upset that person? Did I do that? I can actually, I know my priorities and I'm going to stick to those. Because I think what happens sometimes if you don't go through that process is the cost then also comes to you. You stop prioritizing yourself and then suddenly you're exhausted and a mess and tired and sad. Yeah. And you're actually no good to anyone. No, absolutely. And then the whole point of it. Yeah. (laughs) We've got to prioritize ourselves as well in that. And I mean, not so much that everyone has to wait on us hand and foot. But I just think you've got to, you know, and being a woman as well, you know, we have cycles and hormones. I don't know what you're talking about. No, of course (laughs) not, Marin. It's only me. I think I'm the only woman who knows what these things are. man, that's real. That's so (laughs) real. And I think you've just got to know and I just, I know for me I need, I I actually can be quite introverted. I think I've learnt a lot of skills of being with people and I love people but my energy comes from time alone And so I think I am very conscious in my planning going, no, I'm going to take that and that is time for me to really just, it doesn't matter what I do, it's the aloneness. It's just being by myself, having the space um, that energises me. And so that's a priority. And again, you know, you've got to know what they are and if you've got like 25 priorities in life, maybe you need to have a really good look at your life because maybe you've actually spread yourself way too thin. Do you self-care? Oh, I'm not that good at it. But um, what do you do? What do you do for oh, self-care? No, I think being alone is probably my yeah. greatest thing. Do you read? Like, what do you do? I do read, but I fall asleep these yeah. days when I read. Yeah. No, I, I read. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's just the quietness and the stillness that just energizes me. And I love a good facial. Um, you know, I think that's really relaxing. I love it. Um, I always end up snoring. I always wake up and go, oh, my gosh, I just had a little snore then. That's embarrassing. And I, we just say, go, let's not talk about that. I always say to my beautician, <laughs> that will never be spoken that. of. But, but I think, you know, I'll, I'll know and I just go, well, yeah, that's expensive. Or, you know, I save up vouchers that people have given me and – prioritize it so look I don't think there's probably any female on earth that's really good at self-care but um, I I think it's rather than even using the term self-care I think it's energizing ourselves renewing our strength I think that's probably a really good way and part of that comes from being with the Lord but uh, you've also got to know you know what what ministers to you and um, so that's why I say birthdays Christmas give me vouchers pure indulgence (laughs) I've started using sheet masks and Josh thinks I look ridiculous. I'm wearing them around the house while I'm vacuuming and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm self-caring. We just take anything we can get, any extra glow, I'll take it. I don't even think it does anything. No, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Look at my face. No, we're beautiful. We're beautiful. We're beautiful. I wanted to talk to you about simplifying your faith. Yeah. And then I think hand in hand with that, there's a real – I think a conscious process of simplifying your thinking as well. So I wanted to know how you do that. How do you get yourself in the faith zone mentally and then stay there? Yeah. Um, For me personally, it's the word of God. Uh, You know, faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. I I totally believe that. Um, I know for Paul it's different. I mean, it's always the word of God for everyone. But um, for me, 
when I'm reading the word consistently and I'm talking about, you know, every day or nearly every day, um, that is my faith zone. There's just something that leaps in within me and it takes my focus off my emotions, which, you know, can be roller coaster. And it's really interesting. I know when I've sort of been separated from the word of God because my thoughts run riot, my emotions run riot. Um, but just something in the word will be one thing and I go, oh, that just ministers to me. And so for me, that's always been the place I come back to. That's where I get faith from. Um, that's how I can actually keep going, get up another day and keep going. So the word of God for me is very powerful. Every, like I said, everyone's different. They can listen to podcasts. I'm probably, I love this podcast. I don't listen to heaps. There's a few I'd listen to, but, um, yeah, for me, I've always just found if I can just get very simply into the word of God just really just say, God, speak to me out of this today. And I think that's like, I actually live a really simple life. You know, I don't read a lot of books. I don't, I went through a season, I didn't read any books. And that was apart from the Bible, because I didn't want anyone's opinions. I didn't want any clutter in my mind. I just want God to speak to me. And um, yeah, that was a season I went through. But yeah, it always comes back to my faith. My strength comes from the word. Absolutely. When you are in that place where your thoughts are running riot mm. and your emotions are running riot, what do you say to yourself? How do you how do you kind of bring order to that? Oh gosh, I don't know you if you can. I think that's the problem and the more you <laughs> spiral down in that, it just gets harder and harder because then you go well, you're so pathetic anyway, like, you know, what is the point? It's just crazy how you can spiral down. And for me, it's like, then I'm like, oh, I need to get back into the word. Then I feel like a failure because I haven't got into the yeah, word. It really is it, a spiral. It, it is. And then yeah. we have this relationship with God. Now he hates me. Now I've got to do, you know, my penance to actually come back. And you just go, it's the most ludicrous thing. You can't catch up your relationship with God. I think wow. we've talked about that before, but you can't then go, it's not like homework that I missed and now I have to do three nights worth. You just can't. And I used to have that mentality when I do my devotions about, I've missed two nights, I've missed two nights. Now I'm, I have to do three nights worth. And then what happens is now I have to do a week's worth. Oh, what's the point? I'll just start again next year. Like it really could be like that. And wow. I think I think you've just got to get to the point and go, do I believe that there is grace just to come back just as I am? We tell people, come as you are. So it's like, Jesus, you know, I'm so far behind in my devotions. And I'm sure he must think this is the most ludicrous thing that we're still talking about these things. It should be the avenue that in that depths. And I'm like everyone else. My thoughts go crazy. I discourage myself rather than encourage myself in the Lord, which we're really commissioned to do in the word. I think we've just got to come back to that. You know, I love that scripture, be still and know that I am God, that he is God. I think that's it. If we can always come back to even the brokenness, even in the craziness going, I've got to find a place of stillness and actually not look at me and my failures in God, but actually go, he is God. And I think when you have that that is actually what centers you again and just puts you right back on the right page. We're always trying to find this perfect thing. And I think this is really important in talking about simplifying in every area of life. It's not about finding perfection. I just find at the moment we're all trying to find the perfect thing. You know, you watch these stupid dating shows and oh, they're trying to find the perfect partner. They're trying to find the perfect house, the perfect car, the perfect image, the perfect this. And what we don't realise, there is only perfection in God. So the very thing we're trying to find, we're looking for absolutely everywhere else and not recognising perfection actually is in God alone. So why don't I just turn to him? I'm looking for everything else, you know, the perfect decor in my house. And yet we only find true perfection in God. And so I think it's really important to understand that even in simplifying, it's not about having everything right. It's actually having the structures in place that you can bounce back. Okay, I always say this, when you want to simplify practically, everything has to have a home. Everything has got to have a place to go back to. So you can come over to my house, particularly when my kids were little, there was mess everywhere. But at the end of the day, I knew where everything went, right? Which is a big thing. So it doesn't matter that it's all over the floor. It's by 10 o'clock at night, it's all back where it was. Same thing in our relationship with God. 
when it's all the mess, it doesn't matter if there's mess, but it's you know how to go back and put the things, pieces in place again. That's what simplifying actually is all about. Going, all right, life is chaos. I'm falling apart. I hate everyone at the moment. I'm so stressed. Hang on a minute. Where does that all belong? It belongs in my secret place. It belongs with Jesus. Okay, let's put it back there again. And it's almost like when you start your day having put everything away in the right place, it's like you go, I can do this. Exactly the same, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's exactly the same. That's so good. Yeah, Marie Kondo, move out of the way. <laughs> Enter Joe Geeling. No. Bam. I also just want to let you know I don't watch The Bachelor anymore. Good. Are you proud? Good. I shouldn't be proud, but yeah, so it's just good. <laughs> well, ever since my public intervention. No. <laughs> just as long as you haven't moved on to Married at First Sight. No, but my husband is like, right. can we start watching this show? So I'll maybe you need later. to have an intervention with, him, with him. He gets really weirdly into these shows. Anyway. <laughs> Part two is life hacks with Pastor Joe. Oh, okay. So let's talk through some of the things um, that you might have simplified in your life and what kind of okay. life hacks you can give us. Um, how do you simplify buying stuff? <laughs> Lists. List, 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 list. I think lists are really important. Um, I have a food list for shopping next to a meal planner that we know what we're eating for the week. I hate giving mental energy to anything that doesn't deserve it. And I don't care unless you're really into a gourmet cooking and you absolutely love it. I don't want to think about what I'm eating tonight. Even if it's takeaway, I knew tonight was pizza night because I've planned out the week. Tomorrow night is beef teriyaki stir fry. Come on over. Sounds Um, delicious. No, but to me it's like I just want to go home and have the ingredients in the fridge or the cupboard and I make it because there's less mental energy because I know what I'm doing. And so for me, just trying to take the time um, and actually go, all right, what does the week look like? This is really embarrassing and maybe we might do this at Taste of Favour as well. But I have a four-week meal plan. Um, cycle. So I just go, this is week A, this is week B, this is week C. So I think we're on week C at the moment. So, you know, Wednesdays is a stir fry of some sort. Thursdays is a red meat of, or steak. Fridays is, I don't know what it is, but I've got it because I don't want to think about it. And my boys are happy to eat similar things. So just one of those things. So I do that. I plan out the ingredients. I write out a list. I never go shopping without a list because I don't want to spend a long time there. And so I do that probably twice a week. I go on a Monday, maybe on a Thursday, just like to keep things fresh, fruit and that. We eat a lot. So that's a big one. I plan that out. I have a whole term planner on my fridge that has the whole term on it. And it has every leaders meeting, connect group, youth meeting, if we're away, what's special at church, soccer practice, whatever it is, it's on that list. And what it means is, yeah, it's for me, but it's also that the family know at any given time that they can look at that and know what things are going on, especially because Paul and I travel a bit as well. I found it was very hard sometimes and anyone could go there and go, I know what's happening today. So it takes time. It has to be planned. Um, And so that's probably a big thing that's really helped us, meal plans and having a calendar for all the family and, uh, yeah, narrowing my washing down to two days. Not everyone can do that, but, yeah. What about your wardrobe? Oh, you're my wardrobe. A, you're a classy lady. Oh, thank you. You got some nice Marian. pieces. How oh, do you? Thank you. How do you? Because I think sometimes I go shopping and I'm like, yeah, I'll buy that. And then I'm like, I'm never going to wear that. Oh. <laughs> you know, like how do you keep it simple and keep it focused? We all do that okay, and cool. wonder why we buy these things, especially if it's on sale because it's such a good buy. Oh, and sometimes yeah. that justification is Absolutely. enough. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I think we're all like that, so we can't beat ourselves up too much. But again, in the magazine, I told her, work out what you need. Um And you actually don't need a lot, which is really quite confronting. Um, I kind of go, I like to have a new dress for every season. So I've got a bit of a mental plan. If I can find a new dress, I'll grab a dress. Um, You know, 
you just got to work out that tops for me. I've got to know what sort of tops, a jacket. So I've got a plan before I go into it of the essentials. And then there's always a bit of fun stuff. But I find I don't go shopping very often and that probably really helps. I'm sort of always ducking in, ducking out. Um, yeah, so I try and do that. If I'm going to buy food, I buy food. I don't try and then good clothes shopping as well. Separate them because it brings more enjoyment to it. It's like I'm here to buy food. I can do this in half an hour and I can get out. If I'm going to do another task, just do that. So, yeah, I kind of like to plan. And because money isn't endless for people, it's like, well, what shoes do you actually need? I mean, we'd all like millions of pairs. But first of all, you're not going to be able to store them and you won't wear them. Um, and we always end up in the good comfy ones that we love and so I think think about your shoes like for me I've already seen a pair of boots I really like for this winter and so I'm going all right that's one thing I want and I might only buy one or two pairs of shoes for winter because last year I bought some and they're still good so I try and go classic for me I'm also at the age you go classic not as trendy and I probably spend a little bit more money on a bit better quality stuff as well that can last the distance but yeah I'm a bit like you black's great having said that I'm in a green dress tonight yes you look so good (laughs) in this green dress um yeah, so I wore it on Australia Day and goes, oh, go green and gold. Oh, yeah, it's and very I was like, appropriate. <laughs> yes, I meant that. No, I did not at all. But, yeah, I think you just got to really narrow it down. You've got to think also about your wardrobe in terms of where do I wear clothes? Because while I'd love to wear a tutu with sequins and glitter on it, I go, you know what? That really doesn't suit my lifestyle. I disagree. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Preach in exactly a tutu, please. No, yes, okay, please. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. I do have a place to wear it. Um, But, you know, okay, I work, you know, if if you work, well, quite often you don't have a lot of variety anyway. So just stick with that. And then you go casual. I think you've got to think of it in terms of wardrobes as opposed to just the wardrobe of what you wear and, you know, have a bit of fun with it. But for me, it's probably a little bit more clinical. I do think and plan what I actually need. What have I got that I can use? I just don't think you need a lot. I've got a very small wardrobe, very small, culling it all the time. How often do you cull it? Oh, gosh, um, probably every three months. Wow. And what I do is I have a little temporary thing. So I take everything out that I haven't worn and I put it in a big, you know, one of those bins from Bunnings that seals and I sit it in a corner in my wardrobe in my, it goes into a tucked away and then I'll look at that every six months. So it sort of has stages and so I go, all right, three months, get rid of it. I haven't even worn that. What was I thinking? Pop it in here. I'll keep it for about six months. Then I'll look at that. And then at that point, I'll give stuff away. And um, I've got a lady who loves wearing my clothes. And so she goes, I'll give it, take anything. She takes it. And, um, or I go, you know what? I actually really love that. I'll put it back into circulation again. So for me, yeah, I've got to know where I'm wearing it. And so quite often at the moment, I go, all right, I haven't got any this might sound silly to the girls, platform appropriate clothing. That's my big struggle. And this is for girls, you know, that cover the boobs and, you know, all those things, the jiggly arms, all that kind of stuff. So my struggle is always, is this appropriate? So if I'm not on a Sunday, there's different things I could wear if I'm not standing on a platform. Is it see-through? I'm paranoid when I'm preaching. What are they looking at? I hope it's just Jesus in me. (laughs) rather than that so I have to think of those things so yeah very minimal just go you know look I think someone said once you really only need about nine or ten pieces and you could probably live with that go tops skirt dress go for the basics there's lots of um, capsule wardrobe stuff online you can find you just got to work what works for you let's talk about travel you travel a bit. Yeah. How have you simplified your travel routine? <laughs> Do you have I have one? a checklist that I made for myself. Is it laminated? No, no, it's not laminated. Okay. Um, and I can share that with anyone who wants that. Yeah. Just let us know. What's on the checklist? Okay, there's four columns. It literally says Paul, Joe, Josh and Sam and then anything that's common to all of us and it literally lists down everyone's travel needs if we travel. So I was just getting so frustrated and, uh, oh, I've got to pack. I hate packing. And I know this sounds really awful because travel is exciting and it's an incredible opportunity, but packing really sucks. Um, So everything is on there, literally from don't forget your headphones to your passport, um, you know, my hair dry, my hair straightener, you know, all those things. I've literally written everything on there. 
and it's the only way I do it because again for me it's taking mental energy of going I'm going away what do I have to take again so I've dealt with it once and made it a template so that when I pack I just follow the list it's easy so I just I think for me it's taking mental energy once or once a week or once a month and then you actually free yourself up from not having to do that so I could probably pack in half an hour easy that's impressive yeah because I hate it so much (laughs) shortest time possible in the context of travel there are lots of times when you're not with your family as well yeah and you're away from your husband yeah how has that sort of impacted you simplifying your relationship with your husband and your kids yeah oh I think when you come back together you know you prioritize that as well we FaceTime a lot um if we need a phone plan, we'll definitely add on to that so we have international or, you know, access or even just, you know, obviously interstate. We talk a lot. Um, I was always the mother. If I was away from my kids, I'd ring them in the morning. I'd ring them as soon as they got home from school and I'd ring them before they went to bed. So I, they would talk to me a lot and I still would ring them probably almost every couple of days if I'm away. Um, the flip side is usually when I'm away, I actually have more time for me. So even though there's the travel element, there's also the sense of I'm not preparing meals which is a big win um I'm not doing ironing or washing I'm not doing some of the fundamental things that you have to do when you're home so I always find sometimes it can even though the struggle is being I hate being away from my family you can use it as an opportunity to recharge as well you know to watch a movie to read a book you know you do have a bit more downtime even though I might be preaching or talking to lots of people that's probably the only downside I love talking to people but you realize if I go to one of our campuses from the moment I land it's like talk 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 so sometimes by the time I get on the plane to come home it's like I'm not talking to anyone um but yeah we read time regroup you know we'll factor in that week when we're away that let's take some time that we've missed that time but we talk a lot and I feel that really helps just keeping connection the whole time how long have you guys been married for now um 20 uh, in April 24 years wow yeah so 24 years of marriage how have you simplified your marriage now? I I think as you grow older and wiser, hopefully, I think you have an appreciation maybe for some of the things that really annoyed you in the early days. I think you actually begin to appreciate who your spouse is a little bit more. And, um, yeah, and I think there's a confidence that comes going, I need some alone time. And neither one is offended by that rather than going, okay, that's fine. So I think you're self-sufficient enough that you can amuse yourself. You don't have to be joined at the hip with your spouse. But at the same time, you love doing things with them. I think it's actually a really nice balance that, you know, I can be by myself, get energised, Paul goes away. Sometimes I go, you know, we get to March and Paul hasn't been away and I'm like, you probably should go away for one or two nights. One or two nights I always think is perfect because then it's like I go to bed early, you know, you can have baked beans on toast. No judgment. No judgment. So good. So you you can make it work but um, I think you can still have great connection. Um, You don't have to be with each other 24-7 but the communication is key, yeah. Do you have a way to simplify your screen time and your social media usage? I'm a bit all or nothing, like most people. So I'll go, I hate social media. I'm never going back on it again. And I won't for three weeks or four weeks. And then I'm on it again. And um, I'd like to say I have, you know, from 9 to 9 p.m., 9 to 9.30 p.m. every day, that's when I do social media. I find when I'm busy, I probably don't look at it that much. It's probably now habit and laziness. When you haven't got other things, you, you tend to flick through. Um, wisdom, we had wisdom from a friend said, don't look at it first thing in the morning. Don't look at it last thing at night. Give yourself the window of not, you know, put yourself in the God zone in those times. And so I think that probably is really good wisdom. So no, I'm not unbelievable at it, but yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't consume my life. I could not look at it and I could not care less. I'll tell you one thing I did do recently. I had a big break from social media and I came back and I just went through all the people that maybe I was following and I went, you know, I have no contact with these people. Why am I following them? And I thought, you know what, I don't need to follow them. And so just choosing even who you're going to follow on social media is a really big thing. If you don't feel uplifted by it or don't find joy in it, just don't follow them. 
You know, no one said you had to. Just follow things. You know, I follow a lot of homewares and design stuff because I like it just takes my mind off things. There's probably even less people that I follow and some of these other things like cooking things. They just go, oh, that's really cool. So it's actually a joy rather than actually looking at someone, either comparing your life to them or, you know, so I think you've got to make those choices again you have control over what you do in your life. So I think you can simplify that as well. So, Do you have like a process for simplifying your budget? Yeah, do you I, use apps? Do you use spreadsheet? What no, do you we, do? we have a spreadsheet for our finance. And I think, again, that came out was, oh, my gosh, how, how can this be so confusing? There's got to be a better way to do this. And I think I came up with a spreadsheet. So I kind of see my role in our relationship. I really help put the spreadsheet together, help input a lot of stuff. Then Paul can make the decisions. And that's been our relationship and that works really well. I find when I cross over and make the decisions and finances it's dangerous um because I just yeah I see things differently but he's got faith so I allow him to make the decisions based on well-informed information based on spreadsheet so we do have a spreadsheet we get paid monthly so once a month it's you know we hate doing it but you've got to sit down and do your finances what are the bills this month you know all that kind of stuff so that that's and that gets all put into a spreadsheet so we know what money there is for the month I, again I think with finances and this has been something recent it's really helped Paul and I is what's your goal um because if it's living paycheck to paycheck which I don't think anyone's goal is to do that we do that because we haven't actually talked about what we want to achieve Um, And so for some people, I know when we first got married or before we got married, I was the spender. I was sharing this at church. And yet as soon as we were getting married, let's buy a house, everything changed because there was a goal that we were trying to achieve, a priority in our life. And so it's amazing when you have priorities. And so, you know, for us, even again, we talked about this year what the priorities are for our money. And it's not to buy a house because we have a house. We're still paying it off, but we have bought the house. Um, our priorities became different. And so we actually had a really good conversation. What do we want to achieve with our money? And so I think when you do that, you know, whether it's, you know, I've always had a dream I'd like to be like Melinda Gates writing million-dollar checks to people. Well, if that, that's your priority in life, then you've got to factor it in. Now, it might only be $50 a month. I want to bless someone with $50 a month. But that's actually your priority. And it's amazing how energised you'll get when you've got a priority for your money as opposed to paying off bills. And so it's having a goal, having a vision. Without a vision, people perish. Or like I shared on Sunday, without a vision, people dwell carelessly. So if you don't have a vision, you know, for your family or a vision for your money, you're going to dwell carelessly. You're going to just exist. But when you go, all right, this is a priority, it's amazing how you can rally around that. And you might go, the priority is in three years, I want this. You go, all right, well, at least we're working towards that um, and you've got to be realistic. But I think that's the best thing in finance. Keep it simple. I think spreadsheets and being accountable, we should all know at any time where we are with our money if we want to be good stewards. How you do that, it really doesn't matter. There's apps. There's You can set up your own thing. But to go month to month or week to week and go, I don't know where that money went, I think that's actually really negligent on our part. Um, now we may have spent it but at least we know we spent it I think that's the thing so you know track things be stewards but then actually have a priority for your money and it might be little by little but you're actually going to do something with it so yeah I think that's really important and if you are married have those conversations about priorities because I think in a marriage I found what was my priority was different from Paul's um now, Paul's was about, you know, say more in the future. And I go, but I've got a priority for maybe in the next two years. But it was actually really good once we talked about it and I understand his and he would understand mine. I go, all right, well, how can we work together to see these things happen? So I think that's really important. Or you find in finance, a lot of frustrations come because you have an unspoken priority with your money. And so until you can actually articulate that, you might actually be at war in your finances because, you know, I'm dreaming of the deposit for the house, uh, but my spouse is actually dreaming of the world holiday and they're not either of them bad, but because you're going, I assume that they'd have the same as me, you're in conflict because they actually don't. And so I think if you can go, hey, look, I've always thought, could I? Could we do this? And you actually appreciate where your spouse is coming from. I think that's actually really powerful. And then you can modify from both ends to actually achieve that a bit. I think the hardest thing is actually 
finding the time and the space to have those conversations yeah. too because they never just happen by chance so no. I, I remember saying to Josh tonight we're gonna go out to dinner and we're gonna talk about our money and Josh was like great yeah it's just so exciting great. or you, <laughs> yeah. you do it at night when you're tired yeah. and you're already on edge yeah it's like you know you should never talk about your sex life as you go to bed right because then you go oh no we've talked till 3 a.m now we've got to have sex I really don't like you right yeah, exactly now. <laughs> and you go I know we're just leading Rather than actually do it in the daytime, maybe where there's no, you know, pressure of that. I know it sounds funny, but it's so true because no, then so you're true. so emotionally charged and you're yeah. like, oh, my gosh, do we have to still have sex? I'm so tired. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's a great idea what you said. Let's go out for dinner, make it something fun and actually have a conversation because um, I think sometimes at home you're distracted. You go, I've got to do that. So I think you, you've got to do it. You've got to bite the bullet and um, – yeah, and I'm not real good at that sometimes, but, you know, it's every month let's talk about it. But it was really good for us to even talk about what I needed to feel safe in our finances as opposed to what Paul needed to feel safe wow. in finances. that's actually a great question. Yeah. yeah, and I found for me what I needed was completely different from Paul. But when he understood, because it come down to some of those, it's the feelings attached to it as opposed to paying bills. I mean, we're going to be paying bills for the rest of our lives, whether we like it or not. But when I was actually going, I feel safe in this situation I could just see Paul going I get it I get it let's work to make that happen and I found for me and that's what everyone's got to come up with their own agreement don't forget we're talking after 24 years of marriage we're still fine-tuning this I actually realized if I could just have a say you know Paul what's important for me and our finances then I don't actually care about the rest if you can help me in this area then do whatever with the money. You know, you've got to pay the bills. You've got to do all that. And he goes, I can do that. That's great. He goes, now I know your heart in that kind of thing. So that really has helped us understanding those safety things because there'll be always one who wants to save a bit more and have a, you know, a, a buffer and the other one probably isn't a priority as much. And so I think you've got to respect the other and go, when we get to this point, then knock yourself out with what you want to do with the rest because I know maybe there's safety there or whatever it is. But, um, yeah. That's such a great point. Yeah, that's awesome. Joe Geeling, tell us about your skincare routine. My skincare. Well, the funny thing is when I was younger, it was really nothing. I was one of those bad people, went to bed with makeup on, everything. So I was horrendous. As I've got older and I have wrinkles. Um, what wrinkles? What I wrinkles, see no yeah, wrinkles. no, I can see them. And uh, I'm actually really diligent with my skincare. I know. Yeah. And so, you know, I talk, talk about simplifying. Yeah. I probably do the opposite with my skincare. Really? So I double cleanse. I've heard that's a thing. It is a thing. It took me a while and my beautician convinced me. And so with an oil base first, sure. do that, get yeah. all my makeup off, not that I wear much, and then I cleanse, and then I spritz, and then I serum, and then I moisturise, and eye cream. So yeah, I do a few things, don't I? Do you favourite a brand or do you have a few brands yeah, that you really I don't, like? I don't know what? if I should do a product advertisement, Please? should I? I mean, we don't have to keep it in, but I've give, actually us, got, your, give um, us your faves. No, I... I through pure indulgence, I just go there because they're local. I really got onto. I've got quite sensitive skin, so I got onto um, their Uva products, which is the ones that they make themselves. I actually love them. I've used lots of different ones. I used one from a naturopath in Adelaide, which I loved as well. But I've really loved using the Uva products. So um, yeah, and so I mix up. That's sort of like my night routine. But in the morning, I only cleanse once because I've already done my cleansing. Spritz again. I do a different serum for the day. I do a a vitamin C serum for the day and then instead of moisturizing I do a zinc moisturizer which has a bit of sunscreen in it and moisturizer at the same time and then because I am a little bit lazy I just do a tinted moisturizer on top of that so I don't use foundation and um and that's kind of it that's pretty impressive yeah but I found products and I think this is the thing it's not about just you know what products I'm using 
it's taken me a while to find things I like as a package together and I just think it's just good to find stuff you like using so actually every time I do my skincare I go, oh I really like using this I know it sounds stupid but I I find joy and I feel like they actually give good results and then twice a week I'll exfoliate and then do a mask as well so yeah I actually enjoy it so it's just something I feel like self-care a little bit that I'm actually putting a bit of energy into myself but um, yeah I found good products so now I actually go yeah I really like these products and I look for the 30% discount days and I load up then and uh, yeah just got to be smart but yeah I think if you find something you love and you feel it's making your skin feel nice you will actually use it so rather than having lots of products I went no I've sort of eased into this but the eye cream only came out recently because you know little dehydration I'm dabbling in serums for the first time ever. Serums are the bomb. Yeah, mum said to me, you should add a serum to your skincare routine yes. because I said I'm discovering fine lines around my yes. eyes. And she said, you're turning 30. Oh, my gosh. This is a So old. <laughs> yeah, no, serums are amazing and you should probably use a different one in the morning and night. Yeah, right. You okay. can use a little bit stronger one at night okay. and um, – yeah, you can use something. Yeah, she gave me some of her Estee Lauder one and it was beautiful. It was really nice. <laughs> and then I looked up how much it was and I was like, that was a mistake. That's all right. Birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. She can buy it for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hey, if you'd like to buy an edition of our favourite magazine, you can from our favourite store online at www.icchurch.com or at your local IC Church campus. The link is in the episode description along with some more links to find out a bit more about IC Church and Favour Women. Hey, make sure you share this episode with someone else and I will see you next time. Bye.